Welcome everyone to How Winners Win. I am Daniel Blue. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Kita Spears, a.k.a. Haiki. What up, winners? Yeah, I felt really weird doing the intro without Roland. <laughs> yeah, it's the, the beginning of a new era here yeah. at How Winners Win, guys. So for the people that tune into the show, you guys know that uh, our last episode was with our producer, Roland, that's no longer with us. And uh, that was a fun episode. Oh, yeah. Today, can you tell we're, we're making some history. We've got uh, a new crew in here. Uh, shout out to Lo and Alex helping out they uh man that's one good thing about 2023 like i feel like there's a lot of scammers out there a lot of lazy motherfuckers and the world's crazy but dude there's some smart savvy young killers dude it's the real motherfuckers that gotta stick together that's what 2023 has taught me is that if you got a solid crew you can overcome anything because there's been plenty of times where i thought we were down and out but i just leaned back and i knew i had somebody on my back on my six and here we are months and months later <laughs> onto the next challenge, you know, onto the next mountain to climb. So like it really is who you, who you stick together with. Yeah. And I, and I say that about Alex Lowe cause they know their shit. Like that's one thing about entrepreneurship. You lose somebody, right? Like we lost Roland, but then now we get to see, man, like Lowe and Alex really know their shit. They're super talented. Like just because one door closes and you lose something, dude, like the universe is crazy. There's other things that can replace that, that can provide more value, that can just give you another glimpse. So guys, if you're losing some shit and going through some stuff, like do not be down and out on the other side. Um, There can be some really good things that come from that. So today, winners, we've got a really awesome guest. I think it's quite fitting that our very first episode post Roland is a guest that we have here in Las Vegas. And he is someone that uh, I'm really interested to, to get to know. Um, his name is Andrew. The cool thing about Andrew is he is 25 years old. He's like me, like just, we look older. Like we're just joking with each other. He's 25, (laughs) but he looks like he's 30. And I feel like, you know, especially when you catch me with like entrepreneurship and going through stress, I'm like, yeah, I'm 30. And they're like, now you look 50 (laughs) (laughs) with the chest hair coming out. But no, Andrew is, uh, is someone that's doing millions and millions of dollars, um, a really successful business out in Miami. And, uh, we're just honored to have you, Andrew. Thank you for coming on the show. Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate being on board. And I like what you just said about just the fact people could come and go in entrepreneurship, but it's just such a valuable thing to just actually figure out how to keep going from that, you know, and just really depending on your skills and just not giving up on those and continuously learning to be able to pivot in those moments of dang, like this just happened. Now I got to figure this out. Yeah. I think when we're in transition, we can go through some things and doubt right? Like, okay, Roland, let us know, hey, I'm not able to help you guys with the podcast anymore. I'm actually quitting the job. Like, I'm not going to work for you guys anymore. Mm-hmm. Roland's been working for us for five years. Dang. We're like, shit. That's a big loss. Right. I, I understand what that's right. like. So that's going through transition. And then there's like doubt, there's feeling uncomfortable. My nephew, mm-hmm. he's in the army. He's 18 years old, 19 years old. He's out in Seattle and he called me the other day. He's like, dude, I'm doubting myself. Like, and I don't know anyone here. I miss home. Like, did I make the right decision? Mm-hmm. And it just got me thinking that when you're going through transition, right? Like it's easy to just want to quit. It's easy to doubt yeah. yourself. It's easy to just be like, dude, like, let me just go back to being comfortable. Yeah. It's easy to feel lost and get like uncomfortable for a moment, but that's the perfect opportunity to realize that now I'm in a zone of feeling uncomfortable again, and it's time to put my foot on the gas and keep going and figure out how to actually come out of this alive. 
Yeah, that's a great point because I always feel like people oftentimes think that it's best to stop in the darkness. Mm-hmm. Why would you do that? Why would you take your foot off the gas when you're in the middle of the fire? Like you got to get through. And yeah, I feel like sometimes you you're so caught up in your shit and your fire that you don't realize that I have an option. I can continue to go forward, and mm-hmm. maybe that next step is the step you were supposed to make. Yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying exactly. So for you. You know, when people go check you out on YouTube, social media, Instagram, like they, they see all the glory, right? I mean, you're someone that's just living the life that a lot of people would love to live, right? You're killing it out there in Miami, um, making a lot of money, successful business, big team, doing big, big things. I know that didn't all happen overnight, right? No, so totally not. Tell the, the, the audience a little bit about um, what you do right now. And then I kind of want to unpack some of the, the yeah, there. for sure. Yeah. I'll kind of take it back for sure. Cause I would look at the same things and it's very attractive when you see those things and it inspires people to want to take that action. It's different for everyone, right? Where maybe they want to have like a $50,000 Rolex, or maybe they want to have like the nice cars or the nice penthouse or like the boat or anything like that. Right. But, but a lot of people really just want to have just like financial freedom for themselves, for their families. They want to be able to do what they want when they want. And they're trying to figure out how to achieve that. And so that was me three years ago when it was post COVID for me. And I was doing DoorDash, Amazon, things like that, and making maybe like two, $3,000 a month. And I saw all these ads popping up online. Now I had taken online programs in the past and I wasn't like completely skeptical to them right out the gate. Like it took me a while to buy that first course back in 2020. It took me maybe three months. I was seeing this one particular e-commerce ad and I was like, I don't know if I want to buy it. It was like a $9 course. (laughs) It was so silly, but I was like, I don't know if I want to do it. I don't know if I want to do it. I was kind of scared to spend $9, but the ad just kept saying it's less than the price of a Chipotle bowl. So you might as well just, you know, if you're willing to spend $9 at Chipotle, then you might as well invest $9 into yourself. It was so silly, but I mean, he, the ad was perfect. It was, this guy's got like 4.6 million views on the ad. He made millions on the ad and, um, like he just kept pushing it. And like, I would see the lifestyle that he was living. I was like, dang, like I live only one time. It's like, I can't just not go through life without, you know, actually enjoying that myself. Like if I keep doing this DoorDash stuff, it's not going to happen. Like, I'm not going to be able to make the money I want to make. I'm not going to be able to work on my own terms. For me, I wasn't really thinking about the Rolexes or the boats or the the crazy stuff. When I started, I was just thinking about how can I make enough money to do what I want when I want to do it? And how can I make enough money to feel like my friends and my family are proud of me for doing something outside the box and just doing something where I don't have to depend on someone else for a job and I can just do it all myself. Right. So I started investing in these courses online and little did I know because I I didn't have a mentor around me when I started. And that was something I wish I knew before I blew $10,000. That was like all my savings. Right. And then I found someone though, who was willing to help me through networking through these Facebook groups. And that's something I think that people don't really use enough of where the communication, man, like guys, like you probably know it just as much as me just by doing like sales and running a business is that communication is so valuable. Like without communication, you're not going to get what you want. And I was a bad communicator. I did not know how to communicate with people in the past or tell a story or, you know, any of that stuff. So I kind of got like, 
you know, I, I was really stuck. I didn't have any other friends or entrepreneurs in my circle when I got started. And I kind of had to figure this stuff on my own. And how did I figure it out on my own? I had to spend a lot of money to figure it out on my own. And I was messaging people in Facebook groups and I was just asking, how did you get become successful? How did you become successful? Because none of my friends around me were interested in things I wanted to do. And I bumped into this one guy who knew another guy and they were talking about high ticket sales and closing and learning sales. And I always turned down sales jobs. I never took a sales job. I would always turn down door to door. Like people would always ask me if I wanted to do. And I was like, no, I don't really feel confident enough to do it. That's really deep down. What I knew was my problem was I was not confident to talk to people on the phone or knock on their doors. But something just was appealing about selling my own products and services online or selling other people's products and services online. I was doing the e-commerce stuff. So I was thinking to myself like, well, what if I just, you know, learn this skill about communication, take some time, learn the skill. And it seems like it would be very valuable to me to learn the skill and take some time to learn it because it would benefit me in all my other entrepreneurial endeavors. And a lot of people don't know that first. A lot of people want to get into entrepreneurship, but don't know the first skill they need to develop is communication. It's like, it's just mind blowing. And that information is not easily accessible either, which really stinks, <laughs> you know? So I bought this course. I had five, I had like $2,000 in my bank account. I threw $500 at it. And I was on like this monthly payment plan, $500 a month for 10 months for a $5,000 program. And I learned about communication for like the first couple of days. And I was blown away. I was just, Oh my gosh, I'm going to be a millionaire. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, the typical things where you feel like you just struck gold, but you know, you got a lot of work to climb up the mountain. Right. So I was just learning this for the first time. And you know, I, I started progressing through it and I wasn't really doing good at first. And I wanted to go out to San Diego to learn from this kid who was making $20,000 a month doing high ticket sales online. I was like, dang, I really want to go out to San Diego. Can And I was in like this inner circle program. And part of the inner circle program was that like there would be a flight paid for for me to go out to San Diego for quarterly office visits. So I really try to use that card to be like, I please fly out to San Diego to the mentor, right? There's this guy, his name's Dylan. I'll share his name. Dylan was working for the mentor and um, I really wanted to go meet Dylan. I was like, can you please fly me out to San Diego? Please, please, please. And so I went through this little thing and this is where I learned about 0% interest credit cards, right? And so I had no money in my bank account, like $1,000 maybe, right? And I'm in this $30,000 program. And so they're like, oh, Andrew, so, you know, I know that you want to go out to San Diego, but let's get you some money so that way you could fund your ad spend for this product that you're doing. I was like, okay, I'll get some money for my ad spend. So I start getting these credit cards and I start getting all hyped up. I'm like, oh my God, I just got a $12,000 credit limit. This is awesome. Like I'm going to be able to invest in my business. It's so sweet. I got like $30,000 and they go, Andrew, we'll fly out to San Diego, but we want $15,000. I was like, oh. I was like 20, I was like 22 years old and I just got all this credit and I'm like, within like a snap second, I'm like, all right, I'll do it. I don't care. I'll do it. And I was like, cause I knew like, I didn't come that far to turn around and give up. That was something I always tell myself and still tell myself to this day from the moment I started, it was like, I did not come this far to turn around and give up. Like I came this far, there's no way I'm turning around. So I, I made the jump and I flew out to San Diego and I invested in myself to learn sales and closing and business and things like that. I got to meet Dylan and I remember that first night and I sucked. I was so bad. I was taking calls in front of all these guys there. Everyone else there is making 20 G's a month. 
And I'm just like on the phone, barely talking to the guy. And my, my framework is all off. I have no idea how to communicate with the guy. And everyone was like, oh my God, what are you doing, Andrew? Like, why are you doing that? Why are you saying that? Like, why don't you say this? Why don't you say that? I'm like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> so I had like my first coaching session with Dylan that night. We had like a little private engagement going. And I remember walking back to my hotel room that night. And I was like crying. I'll, I'll be completely honest. I was just like, I can't believe I came out this far. I just made this decision. I made this decision and I suck. I'm terrible. I'm not good at all. And all on credit cards. And I have to pay this back. I said to myself too, in that moment, like the worst case scenario, I worked DoorDash for six months and I pay off that, that credit card debt. <laughs> but, um, but like, it was like, I wanted it that badly. So I got up the next day. I went back. I got better. I got better. I got better. I flew home. I got better. I did. So basically to cut the story, cause I've been talking a lot about the beginning of the story through 2021, I really got better at sales, right? I learned about sales. I learned about business organization. I learned about being an executive. I learned how to actually like function inside the business as a sales closer and learn how all the other departments worked because um, at one point there was a time where I actually decided to go work for my friend Dylan because Dylan went to go start his own sales consulting program. And I wanted to keep learning. So I flew back out to San Diego. This is when in two days I just decided, yeah, mom, dad, I'm going to leave home and I'm going to go fly to San Diego. And that's my, that's what I'm going to do right now. So like, I thought I was going to be gone for like a month, maybe a week. I wound up, I haven't gone home since, <laughs> but I'm very close with my parents. Like I, I love my parents. I'm very close with them, but you know, I was like, this is my calling. It's like, this is the opportunity I've been looking for this whole time. And I've been barely making any money since, but now I'm making maybe five grand a month doing closing, maybe sales. And then toward the end of 2021, I was like, you know what? I don't want to sell sales consulting anymore because during that time I started helping people get credit cards to buy the sales consulting program. And it just naturally, became, I, day one, just as I mentioned in this little story, like I did not think I was going to start a funding business. Not at all. I thought I was going to start a funding business. It just came naturally to me. And that's the thing I think about opportunities that the best opportunities just naturally come when you least expect it. You know, like you're going to be doing something, you're going to be surrounded by something and you might not know, you may, maybe you go in with a certain intention that winds up being the thing that you do. But then maybe it pivots to something else that you learn along the way and that becomes the big thing. And that's like what happened. It was just very natural. And it's a, it's a lot of how I've started a lot of other businesses too, which I'll get to in a moment. But, you know, I, I learned how to get the credit cards for myself. And I started getting other people credit cards and I thought it was pretty cool. And I thought I was helping people. I was like, oh, wow, this person didn't have money just like me. And now they can invest in a program that I know works and can change their life because it changed my life, right? And now I'm doing this for other people. And I'm like, you know, I don't want to do the sales consulting anymore. I want to start this funding business because I saw all these other funding businesses popping up. I was like, oh, I can do that. I'm doing it already for other people. And that was another thing, right? It's like, I, I need, you need to start running a business or you need to start doing it like with what you know, and you're going to learn more along the way. Like you have to fail in order to succeed, right? When I started my funding business, I only really knew about personal credit cards. I knew a little bit about business credit cards, but there was a couple of gaps I needed to fill. But when I started it, I was like, all I know is I know 1% more than someone else. And I know that I could at least help them. Like, I'm not going to just give them nothing. Like I'm going to help them. Like I'm going to give them something. I'm not going to you know, like you mentioned in the beginning, like give them like some scam product, right? Like I know how to do this. I've done it for myself. I'll help them do it. 
And from there, you know, like in January, like I decided to start March, you know, I did like $70,000 through my YouTube ads. And then fast forward to like the beginning of 2023, I started scaling. I really had a proof of concept built out. And now we have like 40, this is September now. It's, we got like 40 people on the team. We do like 1.2 mil a month. We sign up like 200 clients a month. And it all started with just like a lot of those like building blocks that I mentioned. I know I kind of went on a little bit longer, but. <laughs> no, let's break, <laughs> let's break it down for the winners. Like, so what I really loved about that whole story is that you focus in on the skills part. Yeah. You know, you focus in on said, Hey, I'm driving DoorDash right now. I don't have any skills that are valuable to the marketplace right now. What do we got to do? Go align yourself with somebody who's got some fucking skills. Go pay them some money and yeah. go beg to be around them yeah. and teach me everything that you know. <laughs> yeah, teach exactly. me everything that you know, bro, because I want to either live something like you or the parts that I do like I want and the parts I don't want, I don't have to have, but yeah. I don't have that skill. And no, for you, you totally immediately true. realize that communication is that skill that's going to open up the door to even have conversations yeah. about opportunities that make sense to you. Yeah. So for the winners that you know are, are thinking about him, I'm really good at this. I'm really good at that. If you're not good at talking and telling a story, no one's ever. Oh gonna my buy from gosh, you. so true. Like that's so true. You know what? Another huge quality of a winner would be, it would just simply be like persistence and not giving up and really working your ass off to figure out how you could do it and not losing sight of that goal that you have for yourself. Because I've seen so many people who are winning. And, and especially throughout 2021, especially throughout 2022, when I was just simply closing and, you know, really starting to experience it for the first time was that I didn't start with any like talent, right? Like I was afraid to communicate, but so many people wanted to get, get into sales. So they wanted to do this business model and this business model. And one thing I totally learned was that like, you have to just have a lot of persistence to really make it work because it's going to take you as long as it's going to take. Like you might not start off talented, but a true winner is not going to give up on their goals. Like they're going like that goal that they have really is going to matter because if that goal really matters, you'll do everything in your power to figure out how to make it work. Even if you start out with no skill. And their story is a perfect example of that, bro. And then like the persistence with like, it sounds like the, your mentors, you know, you almost kind of had to hit like, Hey, like I'm special. I, I know you get a hundred DMS a day of people <laughs> yeah. requesting to, you know, get mentored by you, but like, I'm fucking serious, dude. And yeah. you put your money where your mouth was and mm -hmm. you actually took that flight and took that action. I wanted, wonder if you could give some insight on like the whole imposter syndrome, because I mean, mm. I know when we're, when you see people doing better than you and you want to do better, but it's just not shaken out at the time frame that you want it to. And you're also in these groups that you said where you're hanging around closers that are making 20 grand a month and you're not making that. Yeah. How did you navigate that with, you know, feeling that doubt and insecurity of like, feeling yeah. like, should I be here? Yeah. I think, I think, um, it's very important not to get jealous to like super fast. It's very important to really just remember what your goals are and not lose sight of those initial goals because you might have these big goals in the future, right? Like, oh, I want to have a Rolex. Oh, I want to have a yacht. Oh, I want to have all these crazy things. I want to go out to Poppy Steak in, in Miami every single night because I want to taste Wagyu every single night to the point where like, I don't want it anymore, right? But it's like, those are like really big goals. Like, what do you want right now? 
Like, what do you want right now? Oh, I want to just simply make enough money where I don't have to go back to work. Great. That's like the first goal. It's like, you have to figure out how to solve that. So that way you could have that crazy goal in the future. You know, talk to the winners about balancing, taking action and being patient, right? Just because you are somebody <laughs> oh, that- I love this question. <laughs> because now you're more wiser, right? You've got more yeah. wisdom, you've got more experience. You mentioned you have a couple other businesses. So I got to imagine now you're a little bit more cautious with your time. Like you're not saying yes to everything. Um, yeah. Right. But, but <laughs> I, I know what it's like to start a business too. And some of the winners listen yeah. to this, they're entrepreneurs. Like we, we have to take action and then think about it later. You know what I mean? Like jump off the cliff. Right. And then worry about the parachute. Right. Yeah. However, how can you make sure that you're not reckless? Right. But you also don't want to be paralyzed by fear and then never take action. You know, so many yeah. people don't ever take action because they're, they're, uh, you know, business plan has to be on point and everything has to be dialed in. Yeah. The stars have to be aligned and that shit yeah. never happens. Right. So how do you balance the two? You know, it's like the first thing I think of is simply just start, just get started. But also another concept of what matters more is like, would you rather have, I, I make this example a lot for my clients too, with credit especially with funding, it's like, what matters more? Like having an 800 credit score and the income that you have right now or having a 500 credit score, but making a hundred thousand dollars a month. Like what matters more? Like, would you rather, what would you rather have more of? Like it's probably the hundred thousand dollars of income. Cause you could always recover that 500 credit score. Right. But making that income is really tough and that's what everyone wants. And it's just a matter of taking action. And yes, being patient is so important. It's like, like Rome wasn't built in a day, right? As long as you're taking a step closer toward your goal. And I think the most important part tied in with that is developing skills so that you can actually be independent. Like that's, that's the one thing I hate about like people talking about online, like just making passive income, just like passive income. I want passive income, right? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, like, how do you expect to have like this massive investment in like the massive investment producing you all this income, but have no idea how it works. And that's where it's so important. It's like, you have to have those skills. You have to have that knowledge to know how it's actually going to work. And it's going to take some time. And I always try to tell people that story of like, Hey, like for the first six months, for the first eight months, I really didn't make more than maybe $3,000. Like I sucked. I was making, I was working 12 to 16 hours a day. Even when I was door dashing, I was DMing people, right? Like I took a lot of time to figure it out. Like it, it, like for other people, I'd see them, it click instantly. There's this one other kid I know that like within his, within two months, he was making 20 G's a month and he did it right in my face. <laughs> and I was like still struggling. I'm like, dang, why didn't it click for me? Like, why didn't it happen for me? But you know, there's, there's a reason for it. And I didn't have the skills and I had to suck it up and I had to realize I didn't have the skills. So, and I think a lot of people have a hard time of really just facing that and they stay losers and not winners because if they want to be a winner, they need to understand that th there's no such thing as like winning every time. Maybe even you see these UFC fighters, right? Like they have a undefeated record, but how many times do you think they got knocked down before they were undefeated? right? Like they probably got knocked down so many times during practice or like, you know, like amateur leagues. Right. And like a lot of people don't see that they see like the success and the fame and all the, all like the sexy stuff. 
but they forget about all the, the work that needed to be put in like the beginning to really achieve that winning outcome that they're looking for. So I think like the most important thing to tell someone, especially if they're on the fence about like getting started or if they're nervous or if they're scared is like, well, at the end of the day, like, like you would rather go out swinging versus not trying at all. And you'd rather like give it your best shot versus never giving it like a shot at all. So, you know, like at the end of the day, like what's really important to you? Like, would you rather have like the life that you're continuously living right now or actually do something to change it and figure out how to make it better? That's so fucking spot on, dude. So like, dude, you're still so young. Like where does all this drive come from? Obviously I know you come, come get 18, the pandemic happens. You start seeing Lambos on your Instagram. Like that's motivation right there. But like, where is this instilled in you from like young baby Andrew is out here hustling and selling cookies on the block or like, did this kind of come organic or is our uncle yeah. or is our family member? Like where does this passion come from, Andrew? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, I don't know. I think it just kind of came within like, uh, you mentioned family members. I think my grandpa is definitely one of my biggest supporters for sure. Nice. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's so funny because um, when I, when I started making like money, when I started making money, he was like, oh, Andrew, let me know when you buy the yacht. Let me know when you get it. And now I'm like buying a yacht. <laughs> and now I'm like, yo, grandpa, I'm buying a yacht now. <laughs> That's what's up. Yeah, it's Man, like, that was probably such a sweet phone oh, call it's to cool. make. Yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> it's so fun. I'm like, and it's, it's so funny because like uh, my grandma, she has something in like her back or she has like some screws in her back. So she can't like sit for a very long time. Right. So she kind of has to like move around and stuff like that. And it's like, like now it's like new goals come about. Right. And, and so like now I'm like, oh my God, I'm getting a yacht. Like I'm actually getting a yacht much faster than I ever thought. Like that was never a goal when I started, like mm -hmm. they'd be cool to have my own yacht. I thought it would maybe take 10 years, not three. It, like, that's the cool thing is like things could happen a lot faster than you think they could happen. Like you may think it's going to take this much time, but if you put your head down and work and figure it out, it's going to happen much faster than you think that it could happen, which is really crazy. And, um, and that's the, this is like the new goal now is where like my, my grandpa, obviously I'm getting this. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, I have before like the day, like obviously my, my grandpa lives in New Jersey and I live in Miami and they don't really travel. Right. Like my grandma can't really travel. So how do I get him out there to get on the yacht? Right. And I'm like, Oh, I have to one day I have to get them on the yacht. Right. So now it's like the goal is like, well, how can I get them out there? Cause they can't drive. They can't, can't take, it, yeah. yeah. Because my grandma, they can't take like a, just a regular flight. Well, the only way it's going to work is if I get them a private jet. Cause my grandma could at least sit down for a little bit and stand up and sit down and stand up and sit down and it'll work. Like we'll find a way to make it work. So I'm gonna have to figure out how to round trip a private jet for them. That way I could get them on the yacht and be able to experience that moment. Cause that would be sweet. If I could get them on the yacht, that would be so cool. Like that would feel like, wow, like that's cool now. And then I'm thinking to myself now, like what's next? Like, what can I do next? Right. And, um, it's cool because this is a, this is another good gem is like, if you could accomplish like one thing, there's so much more that you could accomplish after that. Right. Like if you thought that it was going to be hard to make your first million and you reach your first million, you're going to be capable of making millions more, right? That's always kind of like a milestone for entrepreneurs. My first million, if you can make a million dollars then you'd be surprised how much more you can make after that. But I think what really drives me as a winner, right. Was maybe 
don't know, just figuring it out for myself. I think, I think, I think for me, seeing all my friends, like graduate college. And if I had to look back, all my friends graduating college and everyone just kind of just going through the motions, like whether it's like just getting a job, going to the bar, smoking weed, like all this stuff at like, just like a very like economical level, like not having more than enough money to do whatever they want to do whenever they want to do it. And I, I just thought to myself like, well, you know what? It's like, I'm living this life right now. It's like, I don't want to just settle for not being able to do everything I want to do. I want to be able to fly to Vegas whenever I want to fly to Vegas. I want to be able to live in a penthouse in Miami. I want to be able to live in San Diego for a little bit. I want to be able to do whatever I want whenever I want. And it's like, my friends aren't doing that. So I got to figure out how to do it for myself because I think the first goal I had in mind was like, I just want to be able to work whenever I want. Not a lot, but that's not what I signed up for. I thought that was what I was signing up for, but it happened to be way more work than I was signed up for, for sure about entrepreneurship, for sure. I thought, oh, maybe I work three hours a day. No, it's, it's 12, 16 hour days every single day. <laughs> it comes your but, life. Yep. It becomes your life, but it's so much fun because I've learned through that is that having more responsibility is better than having no responsibility. I'd rather have my phone like vibrate a hundred times while I'm on this podcast versus not vibrate at all. Cause it no, cause it means I'm actually doing something and I'm actually helping people. Cause when I was at the $50,000 a month level versus the $1.2 million a month level, and that's just one company, right? For that one company where I'm able to take care of myself, my clients, and really like my brother and my friend, Paul, were able to just make like enough versus like having 40 people on my team and 10 times more clients and all of them are really succeeding. Like that responsibility feels way better than the other responsibility. Cause if I screwed up the bigger responsibility, now I feel like shit. I would be like, dang, that, that sucks. If I lost all that responsibility, because now all these people like who depended on me or I depended on them and they were making all this money and now they aren't, or they're not able to provide, or they're not able to do the things that they want to do the same goals that I had. That sucks. So like having more responsibility is way better than having no responsibility for sure. Dude, that's an underrated take right there. Yeah. It's such an underrated take. take. It's sometimes it's tough to suck it up. You know, there are times where I wake up, I'm like, oh man, I got this problem, this problem, this problem, this problem. But it's like, I'd rather have those problems than not have problems at all. Because if I don't have problems at all, then I'm probably not doing much. I'm probably not making the money I'm making now. Back on that DoorDash. I'm back on that DoorDash and having no problems. I literally probably had no problems. The only problem I had when I was making DoorDash money was I'm not making enough money. But now the problems are like, oh, this person um, needs help here. This person needs help here. This person needs help here. This person needs help here. Oh, we're trying to do this. We're trying to do that. And that's like way more exciting. And although it's very exhausting, it could be very stressful. It's way better than the other problem. <laughs> it's way better. That's and the truth. Biggie said it the right way. You know, more money, more problems. Yeah, more what, money, uh, more problems. What does a yacht cost? Oh, uh, the one I'm getting is three mil. Three mil. What it's is a seventy-two foot azimuth. Oof. Sounds nice. Settle yeah. What's on that yacht? It's got a full flybridge. It's got a full like first deck. So like the front has like a little like um like pad to lay on. I'm still learning the boat terms. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a little like table and a bench behind that. And then you got the inside. 
inside's beautiful. I got four staterooms. Um, so I got like, What's obviously a stateroom. A stateroom is another word for a bedroom. Okay. So <laughs> Edu ed educating the winners. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I didn't, I'm just learning this yeah, stuff now. Yeah. I just got also a speedboat just so I can have fun. Yeah. Right. So like now I'm learning what the port side is, the starboard, the bow, the stern, yeah. right? Like where all the parts on a boat are. That's <laughs> Be fucking sick. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, now I'm learning all the, how all this stuff works. It's so funny. Cause like, it's crazy. I remember like m years ago I was on my friend's dad's boat. He is a successful, like, uh, like construction excav excavation company. I think it's like 60 something foot and mine's like 70 something foot. I'm like, dang, I got a boat. <laughs> It's, it's a real cool. boat. I'm like, yeah, wow, this is so cool. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's a real boat. But no, no, his his a nice yacht too. He's got a sick yacht. His my friend's dad has a sick yacht. But I'm like, wow, like I have like a similar size yacht now. Like this is cool. That's and so badass. yeah, so I got four bedrooms. Right, I got the owner's bedroom. I got the VIP room. I got two like guest beds, right? And that's on the inside. And same with like, just like a little lounge, there's a little bar inside. There's TVs inside, there's couches. Like the, the, the seats on the, on the, this is, this is cool. I thought that this was like one of the coolest things is the seats on the, um, like where the captain sits are like ostrich skin. It's just, <laughs> just like, it's just so weird. It's like, I'm like, wow, this is like it's super luxury feature. Yeah. yeah. That's a player feature. And then, then you go out on the outside of it and you're um, like just, you know, simple room. And then you also got like the, the full fly bridge and that's, that's pretty much it. I also got like a little tender boat on the back. So I wound up getting two boats in one deal. Yeah. So I, I guess I now have three boats, which is cool, but it's like, I have a speed boat, I have a yacht, which I'm going to do charters and masterminds. So it's a business investment. Like I'm going to definitely use it as an office. I'm going to lounge there for sure. I'd be crazy not to. Yeah. Right. But, um, we're going to have charters on that boat. I'm going to do masterminds on that boat, which, um, that those are both going to be awesome. And then, um, and then I have like a little tender boat that it's like, it fits five people, you know, one of those tiny little boats, like kind of like a little go-kart. Yeah. So I'll have that on the back of the yacht too which is really cool that's sick yeah. you thought of a name of it yet uh it's probably just going to be like the name of the company bogan prosper yeah. so i've kind of coined everything after like the bogue term just kind of like an inside joke between my friends and i back home so but yeah it's just going to be yeah it's going to be the name of the boat it's going to be bogan prosper but i want to add like something little i, I haven't like fully decided yet because it's almost closed we're like just finalizing all the details now. Like it's, it's like a done deal. Like we're going to do it, but, um, and I have good credit, so I'm going to be able to get my, my boat loan too, but I definitely had to put a lot of money down for that boat. For sure. I had to put, I already put 10% down so far. I have to put another 10% down. So, because you have to put 20 to 40% down plus the, the financing, which we'll, we'll be able to do, but, um, something I was going with it. I lost my thought. Like, <laughs> oh, the title of the boat, name of the, the boat. title of the boat. Oh, I want to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I want to add something there for my grandpa because, like, one, like the that thing. He's a big like Howard Stern fan. If you guys know Howard Stern. Oh yeah. How, how they always go? Hey now, hey now, hey now. Yeah. So like every time I call him, and we we always pick up the phone with each other. We're like, hey now, hey now, hey now, hey now. So like ever since I was like a baby, ever since I was a kid, he would always go, hey now, hey now. Yeah. So I want to kind of add that somewhere on the boat because now I'm on the boat too, and they have like all the cups, they have all the towels, everywhere. It's just branded the name of the boat, yeah. right? Like they have all this like Vista Print stuff, right? Like shirts too that say it. So I want to kind of add like a hey now aspect to it too. Yeah. That'd be dope. Yeah, dude. it would be dope. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude. How have you handled criticism, right? You are a younger guy making moves out of the ordinary, right? I'm pretty sure you're doing something completely different than your friends, your family members, right? So like when someone sees someone like you making moves, it's really easy for them to be questioning themselves and looking at themselves and feeling shitty about themselves. And then that's where the whole hate, jealousy, criticism comes into play, right? So how, how do you handle, you know, some of the, the slight, some of the mm. doubt that you've gotten from? The yeah, people? you got to listen to yourself. You got to listen to yourself and, you know, really what's going to be true for you is what's true for you. And what's true for other people is what's true for other people. Right. And that can't be changed. Right. So, you know, if, if what's true for you is what's true for you, it's, it, that's, that's really the simplest the data can get there. Right. But it's so important to remember that because it, it's going to help you not really take criticism too hard. It's not going to, you know, screw with you in your head or anything as much because like what you come across in life is going to be different. What someone else comes across in life and maybe, you know, respecting their opinions as well as, you know, maybe they don't respect, you know, yours, but be the bigger person and know to respect your own opinions and respect their own opinions too. Right. Like be an adult, right. It's not like be like a child about it. Like I, every day I, 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 someone's acting like a child and that's one of the problems of many. Right. But, um, no, like if you're observing information for yourself and, you know, I, I ran into this maybe, um, a couple of weeks ago where my, there's someone in my immediate family. Well, my dad was telling me, we have a friend who super successful. This guy's super wealthy. He's probably one of the wealthiest guys I know back home. And he's made a lot of money through like mortgages, right? And like, you know, and he made a lot of money over the past couple decades with mortgages. I'm, he has like a mortgage company. It's like a software company. Right. And so my dad's like, Oh, why don't you, why don't you buy a house? Like, you know, you, you have all this money. Why don't you buy a house? You know? And, but like the data that I'm looking at, right. is like, I'm looking at stuff like Grant Cardone where Grant Cardone's like, Oh, I never buy a property because all the money I make, like I can just go reinvest it. Like, let me just rent because, and it, and that made sense to me because why would I go dish out like, cause I'm going to want a nice house, right? <laughs> I'm not going to want to go live in like a smaller place. Like I'm going to want to live on the Venetian islands and that's going to be like 20 mil, right? So I'm going to have to put down at least two, four mil, two to $4 million for that. Right. Especially if I want something that nice. Right. So would I rather go buy a house on the Venetian islands or would I rather rent an, a house on the Venetian islands and use that two to 4 million to invest in something like a yacht or like all these other investments that are going to make me even more cash flow because that matters actually a lot more than just being cozy in a house. Right. So it's just all about the data that one consumes, right? It's like maybe I'm consuming one person's data and someone else is consuming another data. And it may like sometimes like data is not right, but like both data could be correct. And it's just all a matter of preference of what's true to you is what's true to you and what's true to someone else is what's true to someone else. And just being the bigger person of like, Hey, I respect that. That's your opinion. That's fine. And you know, like, it's funny because like um, I was DMing Mark Cuban, and if you know Mark Cuban, he doesn't like the coaching consulting industry online. He thinks that people selling knowledge is a load of shit, 
right? And he, but he, right, like I'm one end of the spectrum where I'm selling, coaching, consulting, but he's taking equity from people, right? So like, which I find that's okay, that's fine. Like if you wanna take equity out of someone's business and help them out, like that's fine, right? But it's like two ends of the spectrum, right? And so we were DMing each other, right? And we were having like a good conversation, but it's just like another example, right? It's like, he he might not think like that stuff is cool, but like, you know, it's like respecting each other's opinion, right? Because, you know, one way could work, another way could work, right? There's there's more than one way to, you know, have success and do things. Yeah, I'm curious about that, Mark Cuban. So for the winners, Mark Cuban is the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, made a lot of money in the dot-com era, I believe, yeah. in, in the tech era, so billionaire. Mm -hmm. How did that DM come about? It's so funny because I just, uh, my friend texted me and he was like, oh, like Mark Cuban made this TikTok and he's talking about, you know, all these people like, you know, like all these, if anyone's asking you for money online, it's a scam. I'm like, that's so like bullshit. <laughs> you know, I'm like, like that, like, that's like there's coming from a guy who made money on dot com. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, like, um, he, um, so like, he was definitely referencing the coaching consulting industry, right? But yeah, he obviously was asking other people to advertise on broadcast.com. You know, obviously he was making money online too. So, you know, um, but he, he sent me a text and I, I was like, you know, this be kind of controversial, kind of funny, just post on my story. So I screenshot the text message. I tagged Mark Cuban in the screenshot on my story and he replied to my story and just said, LOL. No shit. Yeah, he just just said LOL, and I just started like, you know, texting him. I was like, "Oh, you, we should do a podcast." He's like, "No, I'm too busy, man." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah, very human really answer. ABC, bro, always be closing. Yeah, yeah. I was trying. I was, I was like, I was trying to just get him to do something with me. Yeah, but because I thought it would be cool, like one end of the spectrum, other end of the spectrum. He did a podcast with that girl Bobby Altov, so I was like, yeah. I might as well shoot my shot. Literally, might as well. Yeah, point. I might as well shoot my shot. Yeah, she's cringe as hell. <laughs> I'm, cur I'm, I'm, cur I'm curious to hear about these new business ventures because you know business funding was kind of like your claim to fame. That's when you started to see yeah. real money coming in, but from what I understand about your story, you leverage that money coming in to go into new opportunities to get you more exactly. return on investment. Can you talk to the winners about that and that pivot and like knowing yeah. when, one, you still keep your, your golden goose, but Hey, there's other opportunities out there. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, I think this is kind of what I learned and I wish that people applied a lot more and that I think more entrepreneurs kind of need to know coming into the space is that when you got to like, if you find something that's really solid, that can be very scalable, like really take that to the point of like the max of what you can do. And then obviously you could kind of just keep focusing on that, or maybe you could diversify a little bit, but go through that experience like one time, right? Because you're going to develop a lot of skills through that time. You're going to learn how to hire people. You're going to learn how sales works. You're going to learn how marketing works. You're going to learn all these different things. And I really focused on doing that first before I started looking at other things. So then another thing came about, right? And I was like, oh, like, cause my friend Arthur is like a super solid trader, right? Like underground, like doesn't have social media. We met him through a Facebook group, right? Guy is like super clever, super smart. And he makes like algorithms for himself, like trading automation, right? So he makes like algorithms for himself and like they've, they've worked for me. Like he's mentored me, like he knows his stuff, right? And so I'm 
like I'm like, hey, like you, you know, you're you're super bogged down, like trying to manage like all these different accounts at once. Like, have you ever thought about just licensing your software? So, um, and he was like, well, I've thought about it, but I just never knew how. Right and now, I have all these skills that I just developed, and I was able to kind of help him take that software and you know license it out to people. Right, so that became another business. Right, and then also using the software myself, you know, is like another stream of income. And then the boat, you know, I think the boat story is always a good one, honestly, because when I moved to Miami four or five months ago, I did not think I would be getting into the boat chartering business at all. I just went on a boat charter. I got to know the guy who ran the management company. I did a couple other charters with him for like my team or with my friends, with my family. We go out on the boat in Miami Bay. It's such a fun time. I'm like, Hey, uh, Clint, what would it look like to be an investor with you? And he kind of broke it down and was explaining how many charters he does and all that. And I was like, this seems like a no brainer. Like I should buy a yacht. And then we start buying and then we start getting in the process of buying a yacht. And now it's like this incredible income stream because sure, I'm going to put a lot of money down for the down payment. But if I do charters, like if my monthly payments going to be 20,000 a month, after all the expenses, maybe it's going to be like $25,000, a month, considering crew, considering the, the marina costs, right? The, like a slip, especially in Miami, is expensive, right? Like it's way more expensive for a slip in Miami than anywhere else, right? If you get, I remember considering a slip in San Diego is like way cheaper <laughs> compared to, I mean, San Diego is still expensive for a slip, but way cheaper compared to Miami. And, um, considering all those, like I could just do one mastermind, just charge maybe 10 people, 15,000 or something, which other people do. Like if you've seen like Wes Watson or Eric Spofford and all those things, right? Like if I just did one mastermind, it would make my, my monthly payments back. And in fact, if I even did charters and a mastermind, it'd probably make my down payment back like 500 grand like that, like, and like that, that even goes back to just like, should I buy a house or like, should I just continue renting? Right. It's like, well, I wouldn't have the opportunity to have a monthly mastermind, you know, and build content now on Instagram, which is kind of my, my next thing is like building a personal brand is so important and I'm not like starting a business around that, or at least not planned right now. I'm still learning how to do that, but, um, I, I could help other people with it, but I wouldn't certainly like charge for it. Like I wouldn't be interested in like running that product or service right now, at least. But, you know, like I think developing a personal brand kind of goes along the lines of like how to expand into different businesses. And even if you're just simply an investor, even if you're like Warren Buffett or something, right? Like having just content out there is so important because like you're going to start attracting a network of people that want to do similar things as you. Yeah, I love it, dude. I think uh, one thing winners that you guys can really soak in is you got to put yourself out there, right? You would yeah. not have had the opportunity to kind of run the numbers and be in the position on the boat side if you didn't make the transition and move from San Diego to Miami, right? I'm, I'm sure there was yeah. some feelings of being uncomfortable and, and making Yeah, that yeah. And my rent was going from like 4,500 a month now to like 19,500 a month. Yeah. <laughs> that was uncomfortable jump. too. Yeah. But what I also realized about living in California, which is why, and like Nevada is a good state too. I was considering moving to Las Vegas too, but um, no state income tax. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like that's a big big key right there. That was one of the main reasons I, I moved because I was living in California. I started making a lot of money. I was like, 
Uh, I just had a little trip to Miami and my team wants to go to Miami and I'm still like, eh, Miami. Like I like, I love San Diego. Yeah. Like San Diego is awesome. Yeah. Like there's so many great things to say about San Diego, but I, I was just talking to my accountant and I'm like, yeah, so if I started making this much money, how much do you think I'd pay in taxes? And he started just quoting like massive numbers for California, like six figure numbers. I'm like, yeah, I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I might as well, if I'm going to spend that money, I might as well spend it on myself and do something like awesome, like a penthouse in Miami. Yeah. So I basically took all that money. I was like, you know what, if I'm going to pay that in tax, I might as well pay it for like office space or like an apartment. My team, like I have my brother and like probably five team members at my apartment in Miami right now. Yeah. <laughs> They're all working right now in my apartment in Miami. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. So on the funding side, what would you say, you know, before we get to, cause obviously I want to have people be able to find you, learn about you, all that kind of fun stuff. What, what's the number one underrated tip when it comes to building credit? Ooh, like building personal credit or like, like business funding stuff. Um, what, what do you think is more relevant? I think th there's like um, two things that come to mind. I think with business funding, it's like you really don't need it like a like an old business. Like you, the requirements to getting a business credit card are like really so low that you'd be so surprised. They're not going to check for bank statements. They're not going to check for tax returns. You could have like a business that's a day old and get $100,000 of business credit. But you also have to have a good credit score. That's about it. You just have to have a good credit score and you need to know like the right industries. You need to know, you know, what you could say for income and you need to know like what you could like legitimately do right? Because you obviously can't lie. Like even because I bring up income, like you could say a realistic estimate, like that's going to be okay. That's going to fly with the bank. Cause most Americans too, right? Like especially entrepreneurs, right? When you first start entrepreneurship, you're not paying yourself through gusto or like W5, W9 or things like that. Right. So, and there's a lot of people that are just contractors. They don't have pay stubs. Right. So the, all the bank can really take is a realistic estimate anyway. Right. So that's, um, that's a big key for business funding is that like, you don't need to have a business that's that old, like anyone here with like a 700 plus credit score and like they live in a good spot, like they could get like 50 to 150,000 like that. But in terms of like personal credit, it's like start, if you don't have personal credit, then start building it now because like authorized users don't exactly like save you. Like it's still going to be more valuable for you to at least have like your own primary trade lines. Like just because you're tagged along on someone's authorized user doesn't mean that like you built the credit yourself. The bank's going to see that through. I always like to explain it to people where just really think of it in like a common sense viewpoint, right? Like if someone want, like, Oh, I want $50,000. Okay. I want a $50,000 credit limit. Okay, great. Well, if I'm the bank and I'm evaluating you for a $50,000 credit limit, like how many times have you maxed out a card and paid it down? Like what's your credit score? Or like how like how, are you are you like 100% on time with your payments, right? Cuz like especially with people who maybe have like one 30-day late payment, but they have like a 730 credit score. Like they're still going to be in good shape. Cause the bank's going to look at it like, Oh, like this guy, right. He's, he's had credit for like five years and he's missed one payment. Okay. All right. We, we could trust him. Like he's, he's not too bad. He, he like, he hasn't screwed up like tremendously. Like he's, he's not too bad. Right. And like, maybe they'll trust that guy. Right. It's like, think of it. If you were in the bank shoes, if you had billions of dollars in your bank account and you had, and you had to lend to a bunch of people, 
like how would you evaluate it? Like, you know, in accordance with like federal standards, like federal law and just like, you know, cause the bank's going to make money lending money. They want to lend as much of it as possible. Right. But they have to do it within like a certain, like, you know, group of people. They can't just lend to everyone. So I think those are like, like that's a, funding those terms. are two good points. Cause what's thrown around on Instagram, TikTok is authorized users. Just, you know, piggyback off of somebody else's credit. Yeah. Report. They're going to see through age, that. Yeah. Or buy an aged corporation already. I got a two year aged corporation yeah. for sale. You can yeah. just, that's that, that is not that bad. Actually okay. that, that, because like, like you could still, like someone could still see that through, but, um, that's not as like, not as it's not as easy to see through as like the authorized user because authorized user is going to show up as an authorized user. There's a spot. Like if you look in credit karma or Experian, it's going to say like account responsibility and it's going to say either individual or it's going to say authorized user. And that's going to show up when they pull your, my FICO report. Right. But especially with like, maybe the point that you brought up with uh, an aged corp, like you could still see that through. You can maybe look deep into like maybe who is the owner or like any changes, but they don't look further. They actually don't look further than if the the corporation is just active in good standing. It's it's very weird. So it sounds like very tough underwriting. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's crazy. Like for the business line of credit or the business loans, like yeah, yeah, makes. Sense. They're gonna ask for tax returns and bank statements, but for um, but for like a business credit card, they're they're not asking for bank statements. They're not asking for tax returns. Yeah. They're kind of just handing it out. Yeah, makes sense. And and guys, you know, one thing to to consider, it's like, okay, why even get a credit card? And Andrew's talking about like 0%, right? I remember when I got Quest Education started in 2018, went down to Chase. And like you said, Quest wasn't running. I had an LLC, no income coming in just yet. And like a $45,000 limit, you know, <laughs> zero, per, 0%, right. That's and like awesome. we were able to use that for like office equipment and yeah. marketing. Like we were able to invest yeah. into the business. Right. So that's massive. a lot of different cool, you know, th- a lot of different cool things, guys, that you can use 0% credit cards for. So, you know, Andrew, with the knowledge that you've got, I know you're, you know, like you said, onboarding a lot of people, helping a lot of people. Oh, uh, we got a big team though. I we got a big team. We got, it's like, I could have like a hundred funding supervisors, but I can't just only have YouTube ads. <laughs> yeah. 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 Makes sense. Where, if someone wants to learn more about credit cards, 0%, where, where can people learn more about what you got going on? Yeah. They could just go to bowgroup.com or they could go to my Instagram at Andrew and Bessie. I'm posting reels there every single day. Um, one of those two will do honestly, like bogegroup.com, B O G E group.com or, um, Andrew and Bessie on Instagram is going to do. Cool. We'll put that in the show notes, guys. And, um, we know you got some value today. Yeah, definitely <laughs> share this with, share this <laughs> with a friend guys. Um, go give Andrew some love, give him a follow on, uh, on social media. Where, uh, where do you think people would, would be able to like get more value from me? Is it Instagram? Is it YouTube? Do you Instagram, prefer? YouTube. Um, I've been working on posting more like, you know, just content, like long form content on YouTube. I actually yeah. have a couple of my own podcast clips. You guys got to come out to Miami and hop on my podcast. I love it. <laughs> don't, don't twist my arm, bro. Yeah. And hop on the yacht now too. Hell, hell yeah. 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 But yeah, those are some good spots. Instagram, I got like a little short form every day. Instagram, I got more long form stuff. Um, if you go to bowgroup.com, you could easily kind of go into like the free training stuff, which is still good stuff. Yeah. But um, 
but yeah, those are good spots to go. Cool. Guys, uh, winners, you'll find that in the show notes. So, Andrew, again, thanks for coming out here from uh, Miami. Yeah, absolutely. uh, Being able to come on the show and pour into the winners. Oh, thanks for having me, for sure. Yeah, winners going to win. Yeah, buddy. That's what we do. All right, winners, have a good rest of your week. Peace.